My name's James. If you don't know me, I'm the worship pastor here, and I'm going to be bringing the uh, part two in our series, Courageous Living. And the title of my message today is Answering the Call. I didn't know Pastor Jim was going to have so many great jokes. I don't have as many great jokes, but I have a couple. thought maybe I'd get, share with you today to, to break the ice. How many of you know, what did the courageous dog do? He embarked on a journey, of course. How can you not know that? Which is more courageous, a pebble or a stick? Which one, pebble or stick? The pebble, it's a little bolder. It's a little bolder. Thank you, I'll be here all week. All right, thank you. Enough with the jokes, some serious quotes here. If you can take Mark Twain seriously. He said, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. And Tolkien said, courage is found in unlikely places. And I want to build on what he said there, because it is found sometimes when you least expect it. I find it thought-provoking that you really can't tell in a crowd who's courageous. I can't tell by looking at you which one of you would be courageous until a situation arises and makes a demand for someone to be courageous. Uh, courage shows up when a situation calls for it. For example, when you speak up for someone who isn't being treated fairly, all of a sudden there's some courage required, right? The courage might be inside of you, but until a circumstance demands it, you don't know it's there. Courage can be heroic, and we've seen some examples of that, but it is not always a heroic act. In fact, it's pretty average. It takes courage to speak up when the popular opinion is against you. But most of the time, if you do that, no one's calling you a hero because you're a lonely voice against the crowd. But when it's the right thing to do, courage demands that you do it. And just remember this, that the hero of heaven knows every single act that's done, and he's watching. And so demonstrating courage may not feel so heroic, so we shouldn't be waiting for a heroic moment to be courageous. We have to be courageous all the time. Does that make sense? Something I want us to really realize and awaken to today is that our lives, every one of our lives, you watching online, you sitting here with me today, every one of our lives is one giant set of circumstances that call for courage every day. And much of our courage, when we respond to those circumstances, isn't going to be noticed and it's not going to be considered heroic. But we want to rise to the occasion and be courageous anyway. So I want to focus in on one key area of life that makes a demand on courage. And it's an inescapable part of those of us who follow Jesus. And it's this idea of calling. The calling of God. Today I'm talking about courageously answering the call of God on our lives. See, when God calls us, we better understand there's going to be a good amount of courage required to answer the call and to deal with the opposition that will set itself against our calling. We need to be aware that the enemy, the courage stealer, is lurking about just waiting to suck the courage out of us so that we don't, he doesn't want us to make an impact for the kingdom of God. 
And he wants us to not answer the call courageously. He wants us to live a comfortable status quo life. Has anyone here had the courage just like sucked out of you before? It has happened to me. You know what that feels like? I do. It can come a lot of different ways, and I'll, I'm going to share a few of my personal experiences. For example, whenever I feel pretty good about my abilities in a certain area, at some point, I have the opportunity to be exposed to someone who does whatever that is at a much higher level. And they've exceed, far exceeded what I've achieved, and then for me, I mean, it could be in the area of musicianship. I'm a musician. It can be leadership. I, I'm a leader. It can be fatherhood. It could be my sense of financial stability. Whatever, when I see that next level person, all of a sudden the enemy's there to, to do the comparison game. Compare you with where someone else, and he wants to steal just a little chunk of your courage there. Like, what's, what's the use? You know, maybe I should just shrink back and stop try, trying. And that's why this word discouragement has courage there in the middle, but it's taking courage from you. Then you get discouraged. Can anyone relate? Discouragement comes. Instead of being inspired or even being at peace, like I'm at peace with where God has me and I'm going to stay the course, we start to feel like giving up. And I have to be honest with you, in past seasons, I have actually quit. I've actually said, I'm, I'm done with this. I put things down, I put them on the shelf, or I tried to get rid of them because I let discouragement come, and all my courage was gone. I remember one time in high school, in my younger days, uh, I was at a summer jazz camp, and I knew, I knew when I got there, I was in way over my head. Everybody was way better than me, way better musicians. Uh, they had more advantage or whatever. They had private lessons. Their parents were wealthy or whatever. And I just was feeling uh, not so great. And a teacher said to me in front of the other students, the small group of students, he said to me, if you aren't better than this by now, you should really consider changing career paths. And just, don't you know, it just just pulled the courage right out of me. It was like, oh, why am I doing this? Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, you know? I had a call of God on my life, and I had big dreams to, to be a musician and to travel the world. And that was a time where the enemy tried to come and just discourage me. It took all that I had to stick out the rest of that week and, and keep plugging away at that camp, knowing that that's how he felt about me and maybe that's how others saw. But obviously, God had other plans, and I'm here before you today, and, and uh, courage is there. Some days it's more there than others. I remember another time later in my college uh, career when I was uh, a little more advanced at playing trombone, I had an audition, an opportunity to audition arose, and it was very short notice. I had been um, asking if I could audition for this group, um, and it caught me by surprise. So I like, I crammed and I practiced really hard for several days in the row, in a row. And when it came to to that situation, to that that audition. Uh, I just tanked it. My nerves got the best of me. I played horribly. Uh, I was over-fatigued from practicing too much. And I just failed miserably. How many of you know that was a discouraging moment in my progress? And I questioned, again, like, Lord, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I cut out for it? Do I have what it takes to, to, to stand up under this pressure? I knew I could be better. I just wasn't in that moment. 
And so I don't know what it is for you. It might not be an overwhelming circumstance like the ones I shared, but it could just be a series of relentless, subtle hits by the enemy that come in over time and try to wear you down. Just small withdrawals, small uh, stealing away of that courage. And so I know I speak to, to all of you that have probably um, had a similar experience and you can relate. We're all in, in the same place today. Sometimes it's just a strong dose of reality. It's just, wow, I wasn't aware that marriage wasn't going to be like walking on clouds every day. <laughs> We're just going to wake up and feed each other cotton candy. <laughs> we actually had an argument, and now it's going to take some work, right? That can be discouraging. Wow. Wow, when the, when the, when the honeymoon wears off, and it takes courage it takes courage to admit that, well, I have personal weaknesses I need to work on and change and move towards that other person in the relationship. It takes courage to say, I have to make healthy communication a priority. Maybe for you, you're sitting here, or you're listening or watching, you started a business and it didn't go so well right away. Maybe, maybe you're still years later and it's just not profitable and you're struggling. That can be very discouraging. I have no idea what the story is for you, but I believe with all my heart today that God wants to encourage you. He wants to see you stand up courageously in the face of opposition. He's not leaving you to do it on your own. He's here to help you. He wants to partner with you. He wants to empower you and keep you energized in his calling for your life. It's about calling. I hope today everyone listening is going to be able to hit a giant reset button as though the past could just be cleared away, as though all discouragement, all attempts to stop you from answering the call of God would just be erased. And I pray that there's a new divine sense of calling that's awakened in your heart and in your life today. I pray you get a passion to dream big again and to pursue a life of a great calling not just for you, but for the kingdom of God and for the kingdom of heaven for this day and hour that we live in. Do you, know, do you know you're alive and you were born and you were created for this moment? Your gift and your calling is for this moment. So let's look at the first fill-in today. Every single person ever created has the call of God on their life. Amen. You have a call of God on your life. I have a call of God on my life. Every single person ever created, God doesn't make anyone and doesn't call them, doesn't place a call and a demand on their life for his purpose. Galatians 1 and starting in verse 15, Paul writes, but when he who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Those three sentences, as I read them, have such a clear sense of divine destiny and calling. And God is saying to you, you might not be called to preach him among the Gentiles, but you are called to something. You might not be the Apostle Paul, but God has set you apart from before the foundations of the world. The day you were born, the day you came out of your mother's womb, he has called you to live as a witness in this world for him. And you know what? He's wired you 
and he's built you from the ground up in a unique way to fulfill that call. You're not going to fulfill the call of God the same way that I am because we're all different. And don't you know that the enemy is aware of God's call on your life? And don't you know that his mission is to discourage you and to keep you from courageously answering that call? So take courage today, church. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Next fill-in, wherever God calls you, he will go with you. Wherever God calls you, he will go with you. That's encouraging. If I have the call, I also have the God of the call in my life every day. See, God has called me, James Wheeler, to be a leader at the church, and I know he's with me in that calling. And I know, Lord knows, I need him with me in that calling. He's called me to be a servant leader at the church. He's called me to be a dad and a husband. He's called me to be a musician and a worship pastor. And the latest, he's called me to be a a musical missionary to Africa. I'm going to Africa in March. And his word here says to me, I command you, James, to be strong and courageous in those callings. And he's commanding us to be strong and courageous, to walk free from any level of fear or confusion about your calling because he's with you wherever he has called you. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You have to know that. But here's the thing. You just have to receive it by faith. And then you have to walk it out. Because how many of you know the great men and women of the Bible probably when they were called felt like, I am the least qualified and the least capable to do this. And if you feel that way, that's perfectly fine. Do it anyway. Answer the call of God anyway. That's what the walk of faith is about. That's what courage is we're talking about today. I receive it by faith and I'm going to walk it out courageously. I'm going to start with where I am and go to the next thing. Now, it helps us to understand there's many uh, instances in scripture where we can kind of say, well, we all have the same calling and I'm saying that there's some collective callings. And there's two of those I just want to remind us of today. So as, as believers, 2 Corinthians 5.18 encourages us this. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, that's we, you and me, the ministry of reconciliation. So one of two collective callings, and it's the next fill-in here, is that we are called to be reconcilers. You and I are called to be Reconcilers were to live on this earth as reconcilers, reconciling the lost back to life in Christ Jesus. Because when you were lost, you probably didn't know you were lost, and then one day you realized it. How many of you know when you finally realize you're lost, you find Jesus? It, it's just like that. Any person who, who finally admits, I'm lost, Jesus is standing right there. And that's that reconciliation. And you know what? You're that Jesus to that person that doesn't quite know, know it yet. That's a calling. And in that calling, he said, I'll be with you. And I want you to be courageous in answering that calling to be a reconciler. See, every word that we speak, listen carefully. 
There's a lot of not great words being spoken, even by believers in the public sphere, and it grieves my heart and it grieves the heart of God. Every word we speak, every plan we make, wherever we go in the day-to-day, our lives should drip with an irresistible grace for people to want to be made right again with the Father God through the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only Son. That's very specific, and that's what it's about. And I want to tell you, with, with no uncertain uh, hiding my own frailty, frailties, that yesterday I failed completely at that task. Um, I took the cowardly way out. I got frustrated about a situation that was certainly frustrating, beyond all frustration, in a public store, and um, I let them know how unhappy I was. I didn't, I didn't verbally berate anyone, but it was the physical slam my things in my bag and march out because I realized, wow, I thought I had tamed the raging beast inside of frustration and that the Holy Spirit had had calmed that in me and there it was, ready to rear its ugly head. You know, that's just the enemy making a situation way bigger than it is and, and trying to steal my witness and my testimony to be a reconciler. Come on, we've all failed it. We've all, we've all messed up like that. And when you do that, you just have to say, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. And say sorry to the people because they're the ones that need to understand that. Wow, there's something different in you. So praise God. I'm not who I am. I'm not who I want to be, but I'm not who I was. And by the grace of God, I'm going to be more and more like he wants me to be. Praise you, Lord. So the second part of our collective calling that I want to share here in a second, it's, it's kind of complementary to the whole ministry of reconciliation, and it's, it can be seen as the fruit and the overflow of our identity as a new creation, as reconcilers. See, you and I, as believers, we're chosen. I think we got a little bit of that from the Spirit of God in worship today. We're set apart. That's what holiness means. It's dedicated for something separate. We've become one new divine humanity when we said yes to Christ. We've become a new nation of people, and now we're living in the world, but we're living in the kingdom of God. And he's called us to live very loudly in declaration, in a way that testifies that we are his, and that he has changed us. And you can do that, and you don't have to be weird. Amen, somebody? But if you are a little bit different, that's fine too. We're not all cut from the same cloth, and I think we need to just relax and lighten up. You know, God, God's got this. Maybe it's just me getting old, but I'm just chilling out a lot more. <laughs> I just let it ride. Like, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Jesus, take the wheel. All right. So we're chosen. We're set apart. We've become one new divine humanity. Second Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're called out of this world, out of the dark places, to live in the light as shining lights. And when you do that, you're answering the call to, as it says here, as Peter writes to the church, proclaim the excellencies of the Lord. Another translation says that you may declare the praises. I love that one. 
Can we courageously answer the call to live out this life to be a fill-in number two of our collective calling to be worshipers? We are called to be worshipers. To live to the praise of his glory. What I'm changing diapers, what I'm doing dishes, what I'm working, when I'm honoring my boss at the job, when I'm on the parkway navigating traffic, when I'm serving in the church, our attitude is worshipful. It isn't just what we did here this morning during the music. It isn't what we did Friday night. And if you missed Friday night, we had a powerful time of worship here. I want to encourage you, don't miss the next one. Keep an eye out for the announcements and the social media pushes and all that. Uh, what a powerful time we had just spending two solid hours of worship some, some very encouraging words and some prayer took place that night. So that's worship, but also what you do every day. You're called to be a worshiper. Now, I want to compare the calling out of the world to the calling out of God. See, the, the collective callings of God for us as believers, God isn't just calling us out. He calls us up. He calls us up. And then he helps us answer that call. I think that's amazing. It's amazing. It's like when you're a parent and you're parenting children. You're, you're calling them up, but you're not just, you know, hey, you know, go out in the street and fend for yourself. You, there's guardrails there, so, so you're really facilitating and helping, helping them to go higher, you know, holding them accountable. And that's what God does. He calls you up, but he says, I'm here to help you. And certainly he says to us in his word, and he'll say to your spirit, hey, listen, knucklehead. Stop being like the world. You're not of this world. Stop acting like it. You know, and that's not to put you down, but there is conviction and challenge that we should receive from the Lord. But along with conviction and challenge comes a trajectory. It's a pointing up. It's a calling up. It's a, hey, I'm challenging you, and here is the highway to go higher. He isn't tearing us down. The world wants to cut you down. Social media wants to just cut each other down. The comment section on YouTube, it's all about slicing them down to make yourself feel better. But when God calls you out, he calls you up, and he will build you up so that you can keep going up with him. Am I hearing myself preaching on live stream right there? That's awesome. Double the Pastor James. <laughs> so here's your social media quote for the day. You can put it with a nice, pretty picture of the cross or whatever. When he calls you out, he calls you up. And he will build you up so that you can keep going up with him. That's a lot of ups. When circumstances try to get you down, when the world tries to put you down, whenever you feel down, you need to say, I'm getting up. Someone says, hey, how are you doing? Say, I'm getting up. If you're not doing great, just at least say, my trajectory is up. I might be down right now, but I'm getting up. We need to have this attitude. I'm either up or I'm getting up. I'm either up or I'm getting up. And if I can't get up, I'm going to grab someone's hand. I'm going to say, Bill, can you pull me up? Can you help me up? I'm going to say, Bob, can you help me up? I'm going to reach out to someone else's hand and let them pull me up. You're either up. You're getting up or you're getting help getting up. Amen. 
So this is what's going to energize this whole thing, what we've talked about. It's not something that we can do uh, by a force of will, by just mustering up uh, a little more willpower. We have to realize this, that God's word, the truth of his word is on our side and his word will work for us to answer this call. We're talking about the collective callings to be reconcilers, to be worshipers, but your individual call that I don't know what it is, whatever he's called you to. We have to remain in his word and his word has to remain in us. So here's the next fill in. The word of God will build our faith to answer his call. The word of God will build our faith to answer his call. I see so many people in the world giving credit to Jesus, but I can tell they're not full of the word of God. And so that's, that's not fueling this answer to the call. It's doing it in my own strength, but then I'm going to give Jesus some cred. You hear the difference there? When we're enriched and, and built up and founded deeply in the word, it's a different, you can, you can sense it. You can feel it. It's not hollow. It's not shallow. It's not for the praise of the world. It's really, it's, it's, it's deep there. So John 15, 7, Jesus said this, and this should encourage us in our calling. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, Take this to the bank. Get this. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And here's how that happens. When you're so full of the word, you know what the word says, then you ask according to the word. You don't just ask any old goofy thing you think you want. So the scripture here is saying, when you know the word, and it's not only the written word, but it's the rhema word, and it's the, it's the living word, Jesus Christ himself, when you remain in that abiding relationship, then all of a sudden the things that you're asking are the things that God wants to have in your life to complete the mission that he's called you to. Does that make sense? It's very specific. Dig into his word with every fiber of your being and then stay there constantly. And, uh, you know, I'm as much in need of this as everyone here. Maybe we need a little less of the world and a whole lot more of his word. A whole lot more of the word of God. So when that's your reality, you're going to know what he needs to answer the call of God on your life. And 100% absolutely he'll bring it to pass. If you don't have a compelling call in the shape of a big dream for your life, guess what? Abide in him, abide in his word, let his word abide in you, and then ask him, hey God, I I need a call. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I'm supposed to serve. I don't know what you want me to do. And he said right there, it will be done for you. Then you just look for it. Look for opportunity to, to step into that destiny and that calling. And, and if you have a call, and you know that, and many of us do, and you're walking in it, then don't just stay there at that level. Begin to courageously ask, Lord, I need your favor in this call. I need more favor to get done what you've called me to do. Lord, I need more provision to get done what you've called me to do. Lord, I need supernatural power to accomplish this mission. You know it's a big God dream if there's no way that you can do it. And I would say those are the ones that you want. Those are the compelling calls. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. This is today's memory verse. It's one of our next steps, and it's simple. I think you can learn it by the time you leave the room today. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will do it. 
It's pretty simple, right? So fill in here, when God calls you, he's faithful to empower you. The Amplified Version says, I'm coming to a close here, and I want the worship team to come up because we're going to spend some time in just a minute responding to the call of God and, and asking him to do something special uh, in our hearts and lives today. The Amplified Version says, Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation, and he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy. That was a prophetic word that came today about being a holy people. By making you holy, by guarding you, by watching over you and protecting you as his own. What more do you need? What more could you ever ask for? I love this. This just... It just energizes me. He's faithful. He's faithful. And he's going to do it. All I have to do is step out and watch what he'll do. We need to keep that promise in our hearts because here's the truth. There's opposition to your call. There's going to be seasons where it may seem like your calling isn't being fulfilled. You don't have to raise your hand, but I want in your heart to let that sit. Is that resonating with anyone? You feel like... Your calling isn't being fulfilled. You're in a season now. You're going to go through seasons of waiting. And that's intentional by the Lord. I want you to know, don't, don't push that off. Say, I will wait on you, Lord. And there's going to be seasons of heart sickness because it feels like your hope is being deferred. You're going to feel a little ill. But you just need to say, Lord, I'm not giving up on this call. I'm going to step courageously back in. I'm going to wait as long as it takes for you to form in me the character, for you to move all the people around in my life that aren't aligned up yet to make this come to pass, for you to change the circumstances, for you to destroy that wall that's been in front of me. You're going to do it because you said you're faithful to do it. Can I just charge you to remind him of his word? God, you said this, and I believe it. You said this and I receive it. What you do, every day carries you to your destiny. Your emotions are going to come and go. Some days you're going to feel good, some days you're not. Circumstances are going to change. The auto parts store is going to give you the wrong brake pads three times in a row. But God's call in your life remains constant. I want to invite you to do this every day. Get up out of bed and declare, today is an opportunity for me to courageously respond to the call of God on my life. Every day, roll out of bed. Today is the day. I say yes to you, Lord. I say yes to your call. I don't feel good. My body hurts. Things aren't going my way. I don't have enough money in my bank account. I don't care. I'm going to respond to the call of God on my life today. And God, I know you are empowering me to take that first step. But you got to take the step. You can't keep it in park. You've got to take the step. And sometimes it feels like a huge thing that you're going to fail and crash and burn, but take it anyway. My prayer for you today, I want to I wanna focus in on a couple groups of people, and I think the Lord's going to get every one of us in the heart 
where, where, where we are today. First of all, if you don't know what God has created you to do from before your existence on planet Earth, I'm inviting you to step out today and ask him for that. In just a minute when the worship team does this song. So I want you to think about it. If that's you, don't stay in your seat. Your divine destiny starts today. Secondly, if you've let a dream die, I want to invite you to have the courage to ask God to reignite a new dream inside of you. Maybe he's going to resurrect the the one you let die. Maybe you had to let it go. Maybe he took it from you. Whatever the case is, there's something that has left, that has died, that has gone, but you need to come and seek him and, and get a new, fresh renewal of that dream. Thirdly, you know God's call on your life, but you've just become apathetic and dispassionate about it. You know what it is. You just stepped off the gas. You started cruising. You got really comfortable with it. You've neglected it. You've stopped growing. You've stopped reading. You've stopped having a personal growth plan, being disciplined, and you've stopped being consistent in stewarding the dream God has given you. Do you know that's what the parable of the talents is about? What are you doing with what I gave you? Today's a good day to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stepping back on the gas. We're going full forward with this thing, and, and I want you to help me, but I'm recommitting. Church, it's time to press in. It's time to press higher. It's time to reach higher. It's time to give yourself entirely over to the call of God on your life. And then finally, before the worship team ministers this song, Just like I talked about courage not always being so heroic, you know what? God's big calls often come clear after a season of faithful service in the insignificant. Something less spectacular. Something much more like serving in a ministry in the local church. Can you pour coffee for somebody in the lobby? Can you say hello at the door? Can you lead a growth group? Yes. You hear what I'm saying? So don't think you're going to get called to Hawaii or whatever to be the surfing pastor. (laughs) He wants you to scrub a toilet or two here first, okay? Hear my heart? There's another appeal that's going to happen. Could you just minister some anointed Holy Spirit draw, draw to the altar? If you've never made the decision to receive what Christ did for you today, made that publicly by confessing him as Lord and Savior, this is your, this is your day. That is the calling you don't want to miss. That is the calling above all callings. You're invited to come down, and it's just as simple as this. Jesus, I confess you as Lord, and I believe that God raised you from the dead. And now I know that I'm a new creation, that my old past is gone and the new has come. And it's as simple and as powerful as that. And we will pray with you that prayer. We will agree with you and we will celebrate your new life as all of heaven is going to celebrate when you make that decision. And we'll give you a loving church family and a path to grow and be discipled in Jesus. So as they minister, God, I look to you. Can you just fill these altars in response to any one of these?
uh, opportunities. Prayer workers, will you come? Some people might need just a little hands laid on, a little prayer. You might just want to fall on your face and get with God and do that too. And, you know, leave that person alone if they're doing that. But as they minister, come. We're going to stay for just a little bit longer. And then I'll just come up and, and pray a, a final prayer at close. Does anyone else need to come? Does anyone else need to come? The altars are open. The Lord is here waiting to minister to you. Nothing is ever wasted in God's economy, in God's kingdom, in, in his plan for your life. Won't you come? We're going to wait just another minute here. wants to remove shame from your life. The, the Lord wants to erase the stain of disapproval from someone who's an authority figure in your life. God says, those aren't my words. I love you. I made you. I believe in you and what I have for your life. Those words are lies from the enemy. The blood of Jesus has removed all shame. Someone needs to be delivered from, from abandonment. We just bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. Every believer praying today. You belong to the Father and you are accepted in the Beloved. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you. Jesus says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He has not abandoned you. His gift and calling on you is without repentance. He's not taking it away. He's, he's calling you higher. He's calling you to come closer. He's calling you to come deeper. Would you go free? Would you say yes? to let those chains of abandonment, rejection in the name of Jesus. We renounce the spirit of rejection right now. We say be broken. You are accepted. You are accepted in the beloved. You are accepted. a slave to fear 
we bind the spirit of fear. It has no place in this room and the people of God. And Lord, we just release your perfect love that casts out fear right now. We receive your love. We receive your love. We receive your love. We receive your love. We are loved. We are known by you. We are known by you and we are loved by you. The future does not hold fear for us. The future holds love for us. The future holds the plan of God for us. The future holds the place of God wherever he calls us. Wherever you call us, Lord, you'll be with us. I want to just pray a prayer to kind of seal the word and seal what God's done today, but I don't want to stop the altar ministry. So when I finish this prayer, if you, if you feel like you want to be released, you're released at that time. So Lord, we receive your courage today to answer the call on our life. Thank you that you've called us to be reconcilers, to live as lights. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be worshipers, to live to the praise of your glory. I pray that there will be testimonies in the lives of everyone that hears this message, that they were joyfully worshiping you, and that it has drawn someone else into the family of God. I pray that if there was anyone here today that needed to confess Jesus Christ as Lord for the first time, they would take that step and you would cement their future with you eternally today, God. Thank you for what you've done in this church. Lord, you're calling us higher. I pray that every time we meet, when we worship, when we gather, when we sense your Holy Spirit, that we step out, that we go higher, that we're not bashful, we're not shrinking back, but we're stepping into the full destiny that you have for us, that you have for this church as a light in this region, as a Holy Spirit, Spirit-filled, Spirit-led model of what church looks like in this region. And we pray, God, that you would just draw them in from the north and the south and the east and the west. Call the prodigals home. Call the wayward back. Call the backslidden in, Lord. Call the apathetic to the next level of discipleship in Christ. And we thank you for it today. We praise you and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please.